Welcome to this week's message. I'm Malcolm Baxter, Senior Pastor of Heart Church, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you've been coming for years or it's your first time on the podcast, we hope this inspires you. Well, churches, it's such an honour to open the Bible today with you. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 17, if you would like to go there now in your Bibles. And I'm going to be speaking about, I want to draw this, we're going to read the story of the, the account of Jesus and the 10 lepers, if you've heard that story before. And simply today, I want to draw out three things about the importance of thanksgiving in our lives, the importance of thanksgiving, what it does in us and why it is so important that we live a life of thanksgiving. I'm going to read the scripture and then I'll, I'll pray and invite God to speak to us. So let's read together. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. This is what it says. It says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where, where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Lord, we invite you to speak to us this morning. We thank you that your word can transform our lives. And we invite you, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, the first thing that I wanna say is very simple. Three things from this scripture. Simply that thankfulness pleases God. Very simple. Thankfulness pleases God. This story ends with 10 men healed of a, of a skin disease. 10 people healed. It doesn't end with one person healed and nine people having had their healing ripped away from them or Jesus taking back the miracle that he's given them, it ends with 10 people healed of leprosy. This is good news, right? Jesus doesn't say, oh, where are the other nine? Uh, Hang on, let me just, okay, they've got leprosy again, right? It doesn't end like that, does it? Jesus doesn't revoke it. He doesn't take it back. No, he's still given them the gift. It ends with 10 people with uh, having had an unbelievable miracle of healing. But we also have Jesus saying, hey, where where are the other guys? Where's everyone else? There is an expectation in Jesus that that, that they would come back. I think there's a desire in Jesus that they would come back and say thank you because I think he wants to share this miracle with them. He wants to have this moment of joy because he delights in it when people come and go, thank you, Jesus. This guy gets his faith honoured by Jesus Christ, God on earth. He gets to say, your faith, go in, go, your faith has made you well. And if you've read your New Testament, if you've read your Gospels, you know that Jesus honours faith. He loves faith. He delights when people bring faith to him. So very, very simply, and if you're a Christian, we could just stop here. <laughs> if it pleases God, then I want to do it, right? If, if it pleases God, whatever it is, I want to do that in my life because my life is here to worship and honour God. So if it pleases God that I should come back and say thank you, then I should come back and say thank you. Secondly, and this one's a bit bigger, 
And we're going to go into an Old Testament scripture here to, to illuminate this as well. Thankfulness pleases God. Secondly, I think thankfulness leads to humility. Thankfulness, I think it exhibits humility and it leads to humility. Let me explain what I mean. There's one man in this story who I can tell you by his actions remembered exactly how and why he got healed. And he knew it had absolutely nothing to do with himself. He knew it had nothing to do with how loudly he had shouted. He knew it had absolutely nothing to do with how obedient he had been when he went to the priest, exactly like Jesus said. He knew it had nothing to do with how good he was in his life. He knew it had absolutely nothing to do with absolutely anything except for one person, and that person was Jesus Christ. And there is something humble in coming to saying, this was nothing to do with me. And this was everything to do with you. There is a humility shown here that says, I was not at the centre of this miracle. I was not the, the deserver, the, the, I didn't earn it, I didn't work for it. No, there is one person who deserves glory in this, and that's Jesus. He showed humility, which begs the question, I think, which is an important question. Why didn't the, why didn't the others come back? Now, I think to ask the question, why didn't the others come back, is really, really important. And here's why. When we're reading our Bible, I think it's really important, even though it's really important to get ourselves into the culture of the day, very, very important to understand what were people experiencing in that moment, okay? I think that's really important, fundamentally important. And I think it's also really important to recognise that despite our cultural barriers, despite the, the time difference between these people in first century Palestine and us in 21st century Nottingham or wherever we are in the world, we share a common humanity, which means I think that the, 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 the kind of the threads running through humanity will mean that there is something similar about me and them. Especially when we're looking at the Gospels and how people relate to Jesus. I think it's good for us to look at how people engage with Jesus and wonder, I wonder how I engage with Jesus. Because how many of us, and I am definitely including myself in here, if I said to you, what, what do you think about those people? I think most of us would go, isn't it awful that those people didn't come back? Isn't it so... Why, why on earth didn't they come back? Why, I ask the question, why didn't they come? And we go, I don't know, they're just bad people. When, and we all like to think, right? I did this when I was prepping. I'm the one, right? I'm the guy coming back. Of course I am. And so are you, right? In, in here. The problem is in the reality of our lives, maybe more of us, including me, maybe we're more like the nine than we care to admit. Or maybe if I'm just going to, I don't think this is the point of the story, but maybe nine times out of ten, I'm more like them than I am like him. So to ask the question, why didn't they come back? I think it's really important for us to understand, maybe I'm the kind of person that could not come back. Maybe right now I am the person not coming back. So why didn't they come back? Well, Luke doesn't tell us. He doesn't say, here's why. Interesting side note, those who walk away from Jesus in the Gospels don't get their story told in in the forever story, it's like Luke doesn't even bother to go find out. It's like it's, it's not worth it. The only place where we can find that significance and that drive that we're looking for, I think, is in the presence of Jesus Christ. It's just a little side note. Why didn't they come back? Well, I want to I give, if we're going to put ourselves in their shoes, I want to give us the benefit of the doubt, okay? None of us are evil people. None of us are people who go, well, he did that, but I can't be bothered to go back there, okay? Maybe some of them were, but if we're going to think that we could be like them, let's give ourselves a break. Let's, maybe they just forgot. Right? 
Maybe they just forgot to go back. Maybe they were so excited about what had just happened to them. They were living a, a terrible existence, really, and they had just received everything that they could have dreamed of receiving from God himself. They went to the right place to get what they were looking for, and they suddenly have had their entire lives transformed. They have been given something that they probably dared only, not even dream about because of the, the disappointment of hoping for something you know is never going to happen. And they get everything that they wanted. They can flourish, they can thrive, they can have life to the full, And maybe they just forgot to go back to the person who had given them everything that they desired. Maybe they just forgot. But here's the thing. Maybe as a one-off, forgetting is, is that maybe that's okay. The problem is, I want to show us from the Old Testament, this is not the first time that God has given people something and they have forgotten to come back and say thank you. And the problem is what we're about to see is that forgetfulness Forgetting to come back and thank God for what he has done, it can lead us down a road that actually we don't want to go down. Let me show you. We're going to read from Deuteronomy chapter eight. Let me set the scene. So we, we, we're going to look at a big picture, generational, national kind of version of what these 10 men received. Okay, They had a very small version of it in, in their individual lives. But what we're about to look at is like a huge picture version of that. So God has led his people. Moses has been sent to free the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. As a community, they've been there for 400 years, enslaved. And God has sent Moses and he has delivered them out of Egypt through the Red Sea and he has delivered them. And then they have wandered in the desert for 40 years and they are poised on the brink of entering the promised land that God promised to Abraham generations ago. And they are about to receive everything that they could have to flourish, to thrive, to be free, to live the life that God has called them to be. And the generation, the, the adult generation, almost all of them that left Egypt has died in the wilderness and a new generation of adults has emerged who are ready to receive everything that God has promised. And this is what Moses says to the people. He has a warning for them. So they've lived in the wilderness and now they're about to enter a good land. They're about to be healed of their diseases This is what he says. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and your flocks grow large and your silver and your gold increase and all that you have is multiplied, and we could add in, and when you get healed of your leprosy, <laughs> then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God. And then he reminds them what he's done, who brought you up out of Egypt, out of the wasteland, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of the hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something that your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. And you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gave you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is to this day. And we see here, Moses is speaking into the reality, and I'm, this is you, this is me, this is all of us, the reality of the stubbornness and the hardness of our human hearts. Moses knows He's like, you know, when you're hungry and tired, yeah, you're, you're crying out to God. But you know when you're full and you've got everything that you need to go, 
Don't forget how you got here. Don't forget that it's only God who gave you this. When you've built that amazing career over 40 years, don't forget who gave you the brain to do that, who gave you the strength in your body, who gave you the breath in your lungs. Don't forget that. And if you've read your Old Testament, you know it was not very long before they just forgot God. But this wasn't the first time. This isn't new. Our human hearts from the beginning to the end, have this constant desire and default to bend towards this pride. Moses says it's pride. That pride that says, I can do this without God. In fact, I did this without God. I don't need to follow everything that God says. I don't need God and his commands and his, and his teachings. I don't need to follow Jesus in everything because ultimately I can sort of do this on my own. This is the bent of our human heart. It's the sin in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve are there and God has created this perfect world for them to live in where his very presence is on the earth. And, you know, and all that happens is they go, God has said it's going to go this way. But you know what? I think actually, I think we can, we can probably do this on our own. I know God said that, but I'm going to eat this. I'm going to, I'm going to go down this road. It's there in the Garden of Eden. It's there here. It's there in that healing. I think it's there in you and me today. It's there through and through in our society. It's that same pride that says, I'm going to have a pick and mix spirituality in which I'm at the centre of my life and I can choose this bit of Jesus and this bit of that and this bit of that and this bit of that, forgetting that Jesus has said that he's the only way to the Father, that he, he is everything to us, that we're supposed to lay down our lives and follow Christ. It's that same pride that goes, yeah, yeah, Jesus is great, but I'm still the one who's going to kind of take the wheel here. Jesus is sort of orbiting my life, not the other way around. It's the same pride that might lead us to think, oh, I don't need to come to church. I don't need God's family. I can just do this on my own in spite of the fact that if you read your Bible with honesty and integrity and you look at church history, I don't think you can make that claim, but it's the same pride that will say, just bend towards, well, I don't really need all those people. They hurt me. They damage me. I can just do this on my own. And here's the thing. If you think like that, if you know people who think like that, we're not bad people. It doesn't make you an evil person. It makes you a human person. Every single human being, every single heart, mine definitely is just constantly wanting to shift and bend towards, I've got this, don't worry. <laughs> Jesus, you said that, I know, but it's just that the way that's looking in my life, I think I'm going to go this way instead. Okay, yeah, all right, okay, fine, yeah, you did that, but do you know what, I think this. And here's the thing, this is present in the early church. The whole book of Galatians, if you don't know where to read in your Bible, if you're struggling to read in your Bible, this week, go read the book of Galatians. Read a chapter a day. Go read the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians is written to a whole church at the very beginning of the Christian faith who have received the gospel, who have received the grace of God. And do you know what they've done? They've instantly forgotten it. They've forgotten. And they have got into a place where they are teaching and working to go, if you're a good boy, Jesus loves you. If you're a bad boy, he doesn't love you anymore. You've got to do the right things to get into the right communities. And Paul's going, how quickly have you forgotten this? They're not bad people. They're just human people. But because they've forgotten what God has done for them, they are slowly drifting towards that prideful religion that says, I have done pretty well. I did work pretty hard, but I didn't do that. So I'm, no, 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 no. Here's the thing. The Christian faith, this is especially important for us, for me. The Christian faith is built, <laughs> the whole foundation of every single Christian life is built on God's saving grace that came to you through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which had absolutely nothing to do with me. 
my salvation, my justification, my sanctification, my eternal life, my everything. Nothing, 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 nothing of it was done by me, was achieved by me. And not only does the, the gospel say that it wasn't, it says it couldn't be done by me. So the whole foundation of my life as a Christian is a humbling reality in which the only reason that I am anything, the only reason I have any hope, any future, any goodness in me is because of nothing to do with me. It is a humbling thing that says it is every single aspect of it is because of Jesus Christ. If I've got even a shred of uh, ability to stand up here and talk to you, it's because of the grace of God who gave me a brain, who put me in this city at this time, who saved me. If I'm even the shred of a good husband, it's because of the grace of God that is in me, strengthening me, helping me. If you are a good brother, sister, whatever it is, housemate, it's only because the grace of God that is in you. And I'm not saying that we should be living every single day going like, God, I thank you for this breath. God, I thank you for this breath. Because we're afraid. No, 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 no. Okay, like I get it. But maybe we do need a regular daily rhythm of thanksgiving for two reasons. One, because it's actually building our life on what's true. If I sit there and think I've built this life, not only am I proud, I'm a fool. It's not true. I'm living in some fantasy world that might feel great for me and might look good, but it's it's an absolute sham. It's built on sand. As soon as a storm comes, it's just all going away. All of it's going away. So not only is it that I need to do that, but maybe thankfulness. Maybe thankfulness is the antidote to the great sin of the human heart, which is to think we can go alone. To think we can do this without Jesus. To think we can do this without his teachings. To think we can do this without his church. To think that we can do this without following him, without taking up our cross, dying to ourselves, following Christ. Maybe thankfulness, maybe the rhythm of thankfulness is the antidote to where the default of your heart is taking you. The default of my heart. If I stop thanking God for how much grace he's given me, I don't know, by this afternoon, I'll be thinking, I did a pretty good job this morning. (laughs) Right? Why? Do you know? It's not because I'm evil. It's because I'm human. And thankfulness produces and it's like exacerbates. It shows there's a shred of humility in me. And it keeps producing it. If I keep reminding myself that I am only a good husband because of the grace of God on my life, I will never get proud of that. And I will live in the truth. If I get, if I understand that my, if I, if I live constantly thanking God for the grace that he's done in my life, that's why the Bible tells us to break bread, like often, because it keeps reminding us that my whole life is rooted in what? In the death of Jesus Christ who died for me. Not because of how good I am, not because of how special I am among you guys. No, because Jesus died for me. He did it before I was born. He didn't ask me if I wanted him to do it. He just did it and he gave it to me. Thankfulness produces humility and maybe it will protect you. Here's the thing. We don't know how far away from God we could walk. Maybe thankfulness will protect you from ever knowing. Maybe keep coming back to God and thanking him for the reality of the grace means you'll never slip back into, oh, I'm a good girl if I do this and I'm a bad girl if I do that. And you won't waste even a single day, maybe. Maybe you won't slip into pride where you're just gonna, you're gonna earn your own life. You're just gonna go your own way. Maybe you won't miss a day to go and worship God for how amazing your career's been because he gave you the opportunity to do it. Maybe it's... Maybe it's going to protect us from the temptation to leave church and to think we can go alone. Maybe. And finally, thankfulness pleases God. Thankfulness leads to humility. And finally, thankfulness brings intimacy with God. Let me show you something from this story. When they came to Jesus, they had leprosy. 
Okay, they had an infectious skin disease, which meant they were living their life self-isolating. <laughs> or maybe with their bubble, who also had the same disease, right? Any of this kicking off any memories for anyone? <laughs> right? So that their whole life is that. They are, they are literally quarantined from their society. They can be around it, they can sort of be near it, but they can't be in it. So when they speak to Jesus, did you notice what it said? It says they stood at a distance. They stood at a distance and they called. So these people's interaction with Jesus is they shout to him from across the room. He shouts back to them. It wasn't a room, you know, across the whatever, the square. He shouts back to them. He tells them to go somewhere and that's it. But there's one man who says, thank you. Let me read you what it says. It says he threw himself at Jesus' feet. I mean, let me paint a picture from this story. This man literally touched God on earth. My heart grieves for the nine people who were the very, 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 very tiniest percentage of humans throughout all of history who got to live at the same time that God the Son walked the earth and got to live in the same vicinity as God the Son walked to the earth. And if they'd have come and said thank you, they would have literally touched him, smelled him, looked at him face to face while he talked to them, while he blessed them, while he honoured them. This man's thanksgiving brought him into an intimate place with God on the earth. And I believe, I believe when we stop and we say thank you to God, we are in the presence of God. Some of us don't know that the presence of God is just literally, he's right there. And when you start saying, hey God, I just thank you for my day. I want to tell you, you are right in the presence of God. He is right there. And you may not feel overwhelmed by that, but let me tell you, he is there. He loves thanksgiving. We get to come to Jesus' feet and be intimate with him that I don't think we get if we forget to say thank you. Now, the Holy Spirit's not leaving us. He's not running away from us. He's still here, but I don't think we feel him. I don't think we feel the touch of him if we ignore thanksgiving in our lives. How many of us have missed out on a time, a gentle time in the presence of God simply because we didn't stop and give him thanks? I just want to take a moment quickly just to honour Pastor Annette's impact in my life and my family's life because she was not only someone who gave thanks, she was someone who relentlessly <laughs> told us all to give thanks. You know, working on staff, genuinely countless meetings would be interrupted by her. Countless meetings would be interrupted by her to say, whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. We've prayed for this. <laughs> God's done this. We, 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 we need to stop. We need to say thank you. We need to stop. She would do it, honestly, relentlessly. And that has transformed my... His, you know when someone says, yeah, they've changed your life? <laughs> I want to show you how she changed every single day of my life, genuinely. Every single day in the Copsey family ends with... We've, we've, we've got twin babies and a, and a three-year-old with me and my wife feeding a baby each with our three-year-old in between us. We read a story from the Bible and then we pray. And every single day, our day ends in thanksgiving for what God has done. Sometimes that is very simple. Thank you, Jesus, for Isabella and Gabriel. You know, thank you, Jesus, for mummy and daddy. Thank you, Jesus, for whatever. And it's not cute because he's three. It's, it's powerful. Like, because he reminds me, I actually am really thankful for these babies. <laughs> and, and I've forgotten about that today. 
And there are times when I get to lead my family and going, thank you God, thank you Jesus that you didn't leave us today. Thank you Jesus that you were with me every single moment of today. And the Copsey family day ends in thanksgiving. It ends in something that pleases God that hopefully will bring humility into the very fabric and the DNA of my family and means that we have a moment in the presence of God every single night before we go to bed because we simply stop, we reflect on the day and we give every single ounce of the glory and the honour of that day to God Almighty. Now I said, um, you know, we're all just human beings. There's nothing special about that. I just did that because she so impacted my life with that that I thought I want to build that into every single day of my life. And her, her just doing it has genuinely transformed every day that my children will ever live in their lives. So I want to encourage us, two things. Are you feeling far from God? Do you feel like you're just far from God? You just don't feel God? You're not sure where He is? You're struggling? You know, you know as I'm saying about wandering away, thinking we can do it on our own, you know that's you, or just, you're just desperately searching for God and you're just not finding Him. Can I invite you to build thanksgiving into every single day of your life? Come to the feet of Jesus and give Him glory and honour and thanks in your day. And you know, if you're struggling, if you're going through a tough time, if the world feels very dark for you right now, if you are suffering, if you are grieving, and you genuinely cannot think of anything to thank God for, or you know that if you did, it would just be false and you'd just be making it up, then I would encourage you from Psalm 100. Because if we can't thank God for the things that He's done, if we can't find anything, and you will find things, but if you can't, this is what it says in Psalm 100. It says, enter His gates with thanksgiving. It's the same instruction. Come into his presence with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. It says, give thanks to him and praise his name for, that could be because, because the Lord is good and his love endures forever and his faithfulness continues through all generations. And in Christ, we see this made flesh and made known to us that if you have got nothing else, come into his presence and say, Jesus, thank you that you promised you'd never leave me and you have been faithful to that. Thank you that in Christ we see that you, your love will never go away. And thank Him because He is good. And this might take faith. This might take faith. If all around you is falling apart, to believe that God is good and He is only good, that takes faith. <laughs> but come and bring that tiniest shred of faith that you've got left and thank Him that He is good. Somewhere in the midst of this, He is good. He is good. And I want to say that we can and I think we should give thanks to God for who He is, even in the darkest season. And you will find in that moment, you are in the presence of a God who has suffered exactly as you have suffered, who walked this earth as a human being, suffered loss, rejection, betrayal, his world falling around aside him. He who suffered those same prayers of going, God, if it could just be any way other than this, please. But I know I can't change it. You know, he suffered and he knows who you are. Because we're all human beings, we forget. So what we've done is today, we've, we've, we've made these cards that we're going to give out at the exits on the way out. That uh, a little card that simply says, Lord, we stop and give you thanks. This is an old school reminder on your phone. We wanna, I want to encourage you to take this home. 
take one of these for your family. Take this home for your house, for your bedroom, for your bathroom, for your car, wherever you need to know. Because here's the deal. You're a human being. I'm a human being. Maybe this might remind you to say thank you to God today. Maybe this might remind you on Wednesday when you've had a really bad day, when you come home to go, hang on a second, I'm going to stop and I'm going to give God some thanks. And who knows, maybe it might just please the maker of heaven and earth that you stopped and found something to say thank you for. Maybe it might just create a humility in you that means you are building your life on something that's true. And who knows what, if that keeps going and building in your life, you might avoid in the future or that you might get to see because God says he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And maybe you might just find yourself in the presence of God, in the presence of your maker, at his feet, touching him as we stop and give him thanks. Let me pray. Lord, we stop and give you thanks for everything you've done for everything you're doing. And deeper than all of that, we give you thanks for who you are. You're good. Your love endures forever. Your faithfulness to all generations. Lord, we stop and we give you thanks today for everything that you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this message. To find out more about Heart Church, visit heart.church. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.